welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Emily, and I'm Rob Sawyer, sitting to Edward Cullen's right, flinching visibly and sliding deeper away into my seat away from him. And I'm Paige, and I'm an unnamed student also sitting in this class behind Rob and Edward, just laughing to myself because Edward is on his same bullshit per usual. And you are listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. So how's it going today, Paige? Welcome. We haven't been here in a week. We took a whole week off. I know you have a story to tell me, so I'm excited. I am, I'm going to capital S, capital O, capital R, capital E. I am sore. Yesterday, so for my new job, I had to do a lift evaluation. And when I was told I had to do this, there was no information given to me. It's just like, hey, you have to go take this test. It's basically just a baseline to see like how how much you can lift kind of. And, you know, if you got hurt on the job, if you had to, if you had to go to physical therapy where you would be having to work back to basically. And I just, you know, if it was going to be something intense and crazy, I kind of just figured that my coworker would be like, just so you know, it's going to be intense and crazy. But she didn't say that. So I didn't know what to expect. I showed up and the guy took me in the back and he was like, okay, so I don't know what you, if anyone told you about this, but this is going to be about 45 to 55 minutes of intense weightlifting. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? What? So basically for 55 minutes, he had me carrying a wooden box that he kept adding more and more weights to. I would have to do five squats, picking it up and down. And then I'd have to carry it all the way across one side of the room and then all the way back, squat again, drop it down. And then he would add 25 pounds to it. And then I'd have to do it all over again. And I did that a bunch of times. There was a woman in the room also doing physical therapy, watching me do it, which was embarrassing. I had to do um, like, the, it's not a machine, it's kind of like a item that you could put weights into, and I had to push it. The sled? Yeah, sled. And he added, it was 170 fucking five pounds that he added, and I had to push it all the way across and pull it all the way back. I had to do the machine where the, the pulley thing is on the ground, and you pull up. And that was to simulate like picking up a stretcher that's on the ground, picking it up to waist level. And I was told that I had to do it up to 175 pounds. And I was like, I was pushing it. Like I was like really trying. I got to 140 and he had to like keep me from being pulled forward basically by the machine as I was trying to like drop the weights. And like at this point I am sweating my pants. I wore ripped pants to this with bicycle shorts underneath it. Thank fucking God, because everything I did ripped the pants more and more. So at this point, I have probably like grapefruit size holes ripped in my thighs. And I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to get to 175. And he was like, just so you know, just so you know, there's no pass or fail grade on this. We're just trying to see what your baseline is. You know, obviously you're not six foot, you're not 250 pounds, so there's going to be things you can't do. So, you know, this is kind of just to see like where your limit is. And I'm like, why did no one tell me that? Why did no one say that? I thought I had to go to 175. So I was like, I think I hit my limit. I think that's it. I don't think I can do anymore. And my arms I had gone to Sonic with Millie before I went to this and I had my drink in my cup holder. And when I got out of the car, I went to just like reach my arm out to pick the drink up. And it was like excruciating. So I'm very sore today. (laughs) This whole time you've been telling this story, I've been silently dying. I'm just picturing you with your fucking grapefruit size holes. Bro, why did no one tell you? Literally, why? I know. Like, I... I... That, that would have been a memorable thing for me. Like, if, if there's a new person ever coming to the funeral home, I'm going to tell them you're going to be sore tomorrow. Make sure you stretch before you go. Like, I mean, I don't work out, so it was kind of hard for me. So, you know, it might not be as hard for other people. But like, like I said, I don't work out. So this was all kind of shocking to my body. 
it would be shocking even for people who did work out because you weren't told that it was going to be a fucking workout. Seriously, I just want to say shout out to Dr. Matt for literally watching my pit stains. And I, he had me take off my shoes at one point to like look at like my toes and my ankle. It was like a full body, like like evaluating how much you can twist your back, how much you can like move your arms and your fingers and your neck. And like, basically like if any part of you got hurt on the job, what, what you're, what you started at and what you would have to like work your way back to. So he had me take my shoes off to look at like my ankle rotations and like how far I could move my feet forward and back and my toes. And I'm wearing the socks that I wore then. I, if you want to describe <laughs> Well, the one page is holding up. I can't really tell what's what the design is, but it has a giant hole on her heel. I was wearing ripped pants and also ripped socks. And basically he saw all of it. <laughs> okay, forgive me for being ignorant, but like, I know you have to like lift bodies and stuff, but like, why do they need you to be able to twist your spine and do all this crazy stuff? My guess would be like, like if you hurt, your spine doing something and you weren't able to twist it a certain way, they would know that you were able to do it before. Hmm. It's probably, and I mean, the lift test is probably for a wide variety of jobs to do. So like, it's not specific for funeral care. Like he was talking about that, like, like, like people who do like labor jobs that, like firefighters and like basically any kind of job where you would do lots of work, I guess they have to do this test. So it could be, it's just like a, a wide variety of things that they have people do. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. I thought it was like specifically ordered by your employer and I was like, what is going on that they were like, need to know how much your ankle can turn around. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was just like, like a, a thing that a lot of people do so it's just comprehensive that makes sense well you're a trooper for getting through it thank you very proud of you <laughs> um, what else do we have to talk about at the top here oh we got a new patron someone i know in real life my girl caroline thanks so much caroline we adore you and we are so happy that you decided to become a patron can you describe to caroline what i'm doing right now page Paige's hands are, like, on the camera, basically, and they are in the shape of a heart. It's very cute. That's true. Um, is there anything I'm forgetting? Um, how was your day? It was fine. Just had work. Nothing really new to report. Um, right now, Mila is sitting on the arm of the armchair that I'm on. She looks, like, basically, she's making me look like the godfather because she's very, like, she's sitting with, like, her little her little paws, you know, crossed in the front and like very like she's got this look on her face that's like, don't fuck with me. So I'm feeling pretty badass at the moment. Is this right? The one time you don't want her to talk and she or you do want her to talk and she won't. Ma'am. There she is. <laughs> I liked in one of the past episodes, you can hear Tina meow and it's just it's just chilling in the background. We don't even acknowledge it, but you can definitely hear it. <laughs> Yes, that made me laugh so much when I was editing it. Sorry, I had to turn my computer back around. Okay, so, yeah, we had a nice week off. Um, It was good to kind of get a break, a mental break. And now we're back to the drama-rama of Midnight Sun. So we read chapter 11, Interrogations. What did you think of this chapter, Paige? Um, I did like, we're obviously going to get into it. I did like how the chapter started. I liked the conclusion to the Lanny situation. Um, I was wrong with my predictions. I think that I had predicted that interrogations was going to be the Cullen family kind of grilling Edward about what happened, but it really is more so just kind of questions between Bella and Edward. So I, I wasn't disappointed, but I did want to see a little bit more of the Cullens being like, Hey, what's up? What's up with them? I think there is a little bit of that in there, but I thought it was going to be more Cullen family centered and not so much Belle and Edward. But why would I guess that? Literally the whole book series is about Belle and Edward. So why would it, why wouldn't it be about them? Yeah, I actually feel like up until this point, there really hasn't been that many plot differences from Twilight. And so I feel like there's probably more coming from what I remember. 
but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole bit of, I mean, when Carlisle and Edward and I think Emmett goes with them, like when they're hunting, um, oh my gosh, what's his name, Peter? No. James. James, yes. (laughs) Um, That we don't get any information on that in Twilight. So, I mean, that's going to be its its own whole thing. When Bella is yelling at Charlie and storming the house, I mean, we only get that from Bella's perspective. So we're going to see a little bit from the other side. So I feel like definitely later in the book is when we're going to see more of a divergence. But for right now, it's just Love City. Yeah, same old, same old shit. Am I right? (laughs) Edward laughing to himself in class, per usual. Nothing has changed. Okay. So let's jump into it. So as Paige mentioned, the chapter begins with Edward basically um, explaining what Carlisle had done to Lanny via like the news story that covers it. So it turns out that, I mean, we're just assuming here that because he was unconscious that Carlisle sedated him in some way. He did, I think he did say that he brought a doctor's bag. Didn't he say that? Like he grabbed, he grabbed his bag. So I'm assuming he brought, you know, some kind of sedation. And then he actually took him across state lines to Portland um, and then dropped him off right next to a police station. So I know you kind of already said, but what did you think about this? I, I liked it. I mean, that's justice for you. I mean, he did, the Lanny is, I'm assuming behind bars at this point. Um, and he's a murderer, it said, right? Yep. Like he's probably going to be in jail for a long time, if not a life sentence. So I thought it was a great way to get justice to the situation. Yeah, I do too. Um, and not harm. Well, yeah, just not harmful or like, cause I know you had contemplated him like embarrassing him in some way or whatever, which would, you know, be kind of vigilante but this at least gives it to the people who are like chosen to do this or whatever mm-hmm. yeah what is going in on this mouse i'm sorry <laughs> um <laughs> now she has a ball that has a bell in it <laughs> it sounded like wind chimes girlfriend can you do that over there okay i'm gonna hold on to this so that you don't play with it but you can have the mouse Go over there. Thank you. Okay. I had a thought. What was it? Oh, yeah. So it says that Lanny, um, well, I guess we can't call him a murderer because it says suspected murderer wanted in the states of Texas and Oklahoma. But from what, from Edward's thoughts and from this, I think we can draw the conclusion that he probably is guilty. Yeah. I mean, if not a murderer, he's definitely done some crimes that he's needs to pay the price for yes definitely um and alice tells edward that you know they're not really going to cover it here so um the chances that bella will see it are really slim and as we know she doesn't because she never brings it up Mm -hmm. um so then alice you know expresses impatience on why she can't be friends with bella yet and sorry but a spider literally just crawled out from the cover of my book and went over the page. I don't know if you just saw the face I made. No. But it scared the shit out of me. Oh my God, is that a sign? <laughs> I don't like it. Kill it. It's, it's, so I, I can't even touch it right now, but it crawled under the pages and now it's chilling on the cover or like if this is the pages and this is the cover, it's like in there somewhere. Like shake it out and stomp on it. Maybe I'll just close the book really hard. <gasps> oh my god. Did you get it? I don't know. <gasps> okay, I think we're good. If it if it crawled out of the book, then I don't know where it is. So sorry I sneezed. <laughs> Okay, we can continue. Jesus Christ, it was literally on your book? Yeah, it went it went over the page and then down underneath. Oh, that's disgusting. 
So Alice expresses some impatience about when she can be friends with Bella and Edward gives his usual like, meh, go away or whatever he's always fucking saying to Alice. And then Alice makes the point of, you know, it's not just me that's being selfish. Like Ella or Bella's going to be my friend too. I just call her Ella. <laughs> um, Bella's going to be my friend too. And Edward's like kind of shook by that. Um, so then he drives over to her house as we know, to pick her up. He's kind of worried, like, that when she wakes up on, you know, this side of the day that she's going to be afraid of him now. Um, She is not, as we know. (laughs) And he watches as she, like, comes out of her house. She's running late, so she's, like, rushing. And can I just say, he has an insane vendetta against this fucking sweater. (laughs) He's so mad about the sweater. I made a note because he mentions it so many times to this chapter. And like one of the last times I made a note, like, dude, if we could stop being so rude to this green sweater and maybe take all of this criticism we have for Bella's wardrobe and put it onto the fucking khaki skirt she's about to wear in a couple days, that would be great. (laughs) I'm so dead. It's true, too. It's a couple days. Like, it's literally like a few days from now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even Mila is disgusted by that. Yeah. So, yeah, as we said, Edward has a moment. Well, he has many moments, but this is the first moment about this sweater. And then he's thinking about the outfit she had on last night. Basically how how bad he wants to jump her bones. And then, true to Edward Cullen form, he says, I could not allow myself to think of touching her because that was impossible. I would break her. We'll see about that. (laughs) Quite the opposite. I mean, well, at least as much as I know. Maybe he breaks her later, but he really fixes her at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so Bella gets into the car, and I also like that Edward is, like, fully displaying his powers. Well, I guess he's not even displaying them. He's just acting what it's normal for him. Because, um, you know, he races around to open the door, and then he races back to get, you know, back in the car. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, doing something nice with his powers, you know? Yeah. And while we're on the subject of Edward and Vendettas, he fucking hates her truck. Like, why is he so mad about her truck? I feel like it has some salt because it has a connotation um, that it's associated with the Quileutes. I don't know. I just, I get the vibe that there's just some kind of, like, resentment almost that Bella is even, like, remotely involved with them at all. But does he even know that the truck once belonged to Jacob's dad? I don't know. I mean, J- Edward is so smart and his brain is so big and knows everything ever that I just assume that he would know. True. I thought you were, for a second you were going to say, not disagreeing with you, just adding on. I thought you were going to say, like, it reminds him of the whole car accident thing. But I'm like, well, that wasn't the truck's fault. And I think he even makes, or maybe it's Bella. I can't remember. But one of them makes a comment that, like, the truck didn't even have a scratch on it, that it's, like, super sturdy and would keep Bella safe. So I feel like if he did think of the truck in association with the accident, it would almost be like, the truck was doing just fine, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's just his whole, like, we have to drive fast type of thing. I I think that that is most likely it, because he he going 60 is too slow for him and that truck like barely hits 40 I want to say so he's probably like this is this is not what I want agree but I'm like wouldn't he he's like afraid of Bella tripping over a crack in the sidewalk so I'm like wouldn't he be glad that she gets into a car every day that only can reach a max speed of 40 or whatever like I don't know it's just like grow up bro it's a truck like don't be so mad about it men in their trucks true True. Yeah, I have nothing to add on that on that subject. But Bella gets into the car, as we know, and he's like, obviously, as Edward always is, desperate to know what she's thinking. So he tries to like be casual, be cool and be like, no 20 questions today. And then they have this little conversation where, you know, she says that the only things that she hides from him are, you know, like her feelings for her. For him, it's hard when you, it's just hard. <laughs> Life is hard. <laughs> um, 
And Edward has kind of, well, he has an Edward reaction to this. This is on page 223, right in the middle. Um, was this what she had kept from me, the depth of her feelings about me, that my being a monster didn't matter to her and that she thought it was too late for her to change her mind? I was unable to speak because the joy and pain were too strong for words. And it's like, yes, we all knew that this was the case. Like, why would she be hanging out with you if this was not the case? Yeah, I feel like she has the ability to leave if she wants to. Her dad is a police officer. She could get protection if she wanted to. I. It's just, it's so silly to watch Edward have a relationship for the first time ever and be dumbfounded by things where like, yeah, no, everyone, everyone knows what's going on. And also the feelings you're having are not, just exclusive to you we all have felt jealousy before we've all felt horny before you're not special yes precisely um so they pull up to school and they park next to rosalie's car and they have this whole conversation about cars but first edward like thinks about the volvo that is his that he drives um and I'm just like, why did they feel the need to pimp out a Volvo? He talks about, like, they bought the less common racing edition and did aftermarket work to it, which I'm like, it's a Volvo. I'm picturing, like, the inside has the race car um, seats with the seatbelts that, like, go over like this. Like, the way that Emmett's car is, basically, but on the inside. Yes. I don't know why, but as soon as he said, I'm picturing, my brain was like, what am I picturing? And then I immediately pictured the colons driving around in the cash cab. And hilarious visual. Oh, uh, what's his name? Some Jeff Bailey, something Bailey, Ben Bailey. I think it is Ben Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've mentioned this before on my Snapchat, but anytime I learn a fact, I... I put it away in my brain just in case I ever get on Cash Cab. I used to watch Cash Cab all the time with my dad. My dad, I think my dad wants to be on Cash Cab just as much as I do because we both love like being right and getting question, trivia questions right. And I like, like the, uh, the last semester I learned that baby teeth are also considered or they're also called deciduous teeth because like deciduous trees lose their leaves and so baby teeth fall out basically and I was like putting that away for cash cap you never know you never know the human mouth has 32 teeth you never know you never know (laughs) it's true I would love to be on cash cap um is it still on is it still being filmed I don't know but it's just one of those shows that it could go on forever. You could get a whole new host and it, it would still be fine. The concept still is fine, you know? True. Oh my gosh, I remember my thought. Um, I love when like they get in and he pretends to be like hunched over and like have a really thick like New York accent be like, you know, where are you headed or whatever? And they're like, uh, 36 and then fourth or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, ah, you're in the cash can. <laughs> I live for that shit. I I love the also the idea of being in the car driving behind the cash cab and you see all the lights and you're like fuck I could have been on fucking cash cab I'm in stupid regular cab you know like ram them we got to get the cash yes and also I love when like the lights go off and the music plays and whatever and like the person doesn't react or just like <laughs> it's so funny to me oh yeah I man now I'm just thinking about cash cab mm. Put it on Netflix. I'm sure it's on something. We should look that up. It was on? I mean, I don't know if it if it was exclusively on the Discovery Channel, but that's where it was. Does, does the Discovery Channel have a streaming service? Probably a one that you have to pay for. I always see it on the Game Show Network. They, like, marathon it on the weekends. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. They have this little conversation about cars, and Bella's, like, you know, why do you guys have cars like that if you're, you know, looking to blend in? And Edward says, in indulgence, we all like to drive fast. And she says, of course. And then they walk up to Jessica. And, you know, this, I feel like none of this was surprising. I don't know how you feel, but, you know, all this internal monologue from Jessica and how she's like so pumped to learn about the tea that's going on. 
Mm-hmm. So then Bella asks, like, she very coyly is like, well, what should I tell her? Like, trying to be like, at, basically ask Edward, what are we like, but using the situation, which is genius. Oh, yeah. Bella, so uh, there's, you know, just starting that conversation with a person is so nerve wracking, like just coming out of the blue. So the fact that she just takes it, twists it on itself, it it's so casual and perfect in the conversation. Bella, you a smarty. She is. And Edward sees right through it, but he still kind of has to do it. He, you know, he tells her to tell Jessica that they are secretly dating. LOL, still think that's hilarious. Hasn't changed. And then um, he does kind of say, like, I'm waiting to hear about what you feel about me, too. Even though he doesn't actually really want to know, because as we know, he freaks out when he finds out. So annoying. It's like, do you want to know or don't you? Because if you do, then just say that. And if you don't, then just say that. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to the next page, I just wanted to point out something on page 224. So on the page before, when they're talking about Rosalie's car, because it's so up in your face and luxurious, Edward says, and I quote, like I said, it's ostentatious. We try to blend in. But then on page 224, he thinks in his head, the blithe, wholly untroubled sound of her laughter warmed my hollow chest. No one talks like that. Who's ostentatious? It's you, Edward. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. Points were made. I also want to show you um, what Rosalie's car looks like. I realize that you don't know. So... I would like you to know, just so you can have, like, a visual of it. <laughs> this one even has, like, a little headshot of Rosalie in it. That's so funny. So just remember, it's 2006, and so what was cool back then is a little different now, but this is what it looks like. Ah, uh, it makes me think of Mean Girls. Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah, when they, like, get in, bitch, we're going shopping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um... Yes, that is hilarious. It's like, you talk like you were born in 1592, so. Yeah, not like a teenager. That's all I'm saying. Like, you want to know what thoughts I had as a teenager? What? I wonder if mom will let me have chicken nuggets for dinner tonight. Like that, no no teenager talks like this, Edward. You, you're the ostentatious one. I'm just going to say it. Yes, and when you were, like, thinking about what your thoughts were, my, what came to my mind was, like, when am I next going to have Cheetos? Mm-hmm. Ugh, what's your favorite kind of Cheeto? Well, I don't eat Cheetos too much anymore because of the cheese, but I do, I'm a, I'm a fan of the traditional, the OGs. I 100% agree. I am a huge fan of Flamin' Hot. I'm a diehard Flamin' Hot. But a good one that people don't consider is the jalapeno cheddar. That one is really good. It's not too spicy, and the flavor is really good, too. I haven't tried those. I'll have to give them a shot. I tried, um, they came out with Doritos Flamin' Hot. Mm-hmm. Well, probably like 10 years ago. But anyways, I tried them like a couple weeks ago. And the surface area is too much. They really coat the Flamin' Hot ones. They are like, like, like toxically red. Yes. And in my opinion, if you're going to do the Flamin' Hot, you got to do the Flamin' Hot with lime because that helps cool oh. it down. Oh, yeah. Flamin' Hot with Limon. Amazing. That's that would be my number one. That's the one that I get if I'm if I'm in the mood for Cheetos. But I think if we're going to talk about Cheetos, you also have to mention Takis, which are amazing. And the crunch factor in Takis surpasses Cheetos. They are way crunchier. And if you're a texture person, Takis exceed. But Takis are also spicier, and I feel like it's more of a challenge to eat a lot of them. Yeah. I gotta be honest, I'm not that big of a fan of Takis. They're underwhelming to me. I love Takis. I support you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Edward heads off to class after, you know, this kind of, like, cliffhanger that he leaves Bella on. And he's watching her all day. And as we mentioned in the intro, he's having some weird reactions to what she's doing. (laughs) And, you know, he laughs out loud in class. Which, can you imagine just seeing the weird kid in your class just laugh in the middle of class? I I don't like it. 
Um, and then finally the class that Bella has with Jessica um, arrives. And as Edward himself says, he hears more of this lecture than he does his, the one that he's actually sitting in because he just like watches the entire thing. And so it starts off pretty frustrating because Bella is, you know, being pretty reticent and, you know, not giving Jessica a lot of details, which Jessica is very frustrated about. And, um, you know, she just keeps pressing her for more and more details and having her own fantasies about Edward, which is awkward. And then Bella brings up the waitress and <laughs> Edward is kind of surprised that, like, she even cares or even noticed in the first place. And then it's kind of sad too because Jessica like thinks about when they when she went on a date with Mike and Mike was really nice to the waitress. I was like, why was this detail necessary, Stephanie? Why can't we let Jessica have one fucking thing? Because Stephanie doesn't want Jessica to deserve anything nice. And also in covering this, I did skip over a little blurb where Edward says that he's also closely watching Angela to try to figure out something that he could give to her as a repayment for being so nice to Bella. <laughs> Paige just did like a tear streak down her face and he can't like find anything because he says Angela is one of those people who wants what she has and has what she wants or something like that. And so he's like, I guess I'll just have to keep looking and wait because he, he's kind of, he's kind of like condescending about it. He's, he says like, surely she would want some bobble or toy that I could just deliver to her. And she doesn't, I I think it's like a big fuck you ever. She doesn't even know she's doing it. And it's just like in your face. Yep. That's not really Angela's style though. I don't think she would get joy out of knowing that she one up to Edward Cullen or anything like that. But it's just it's nice that I know. I was gonna say she might not get joy out of it, but I do. Yep. Um and so then this whole time Bella is wondering like or Jessica is wondering how much Bella likes Edward because she's being pretty like just blase about the whole thing and she's like I wonder if like she asked if they've kissed and then that's when she's like oh it looks like Bella does want them to kiss because she looks upset and Edward gets mad about that of course so then um, Jessica makes that kind of throwaway comment where she says you know he is unbelievably gorgeous and Bella gets mad as we know because like she doesn't want Jessica to think that's like all there is to him but Jessica doesn't really get why she says that and Edward meanwhile this is so weird because it's like a three-person conversation but it's really only two <laughs> but Edward like feels really flattered by that he says it reminded him of how it feels when Carlisle Esme Carlisle or Esme praises him um, but more intense so then finally Jessica asks if she likes him and Bella says, um, too much more than he likes me. And this sets off a whole shitstorm with Edward. My the eyes are rolling. My eyes are rolling into the sun. I was just about to say the amount of eye rolls that Emily just did, it was like she was doing the like infinity symbol. <laughs> like I was having an exorcism performed on me. Um, also I wanted to point out on page 231. I just wanted to say their self-perceptions, I mean, I know that we know this already, like it's been very, very clear, but their perceptions, Bella and Edward's perceptions of each other are so off. Like, I'm just referencing the line where he says, um, it's towards the top, she must be trying to make Jessica feel better. She was almost unnaturally self-possessed when we were together because Bella says, I do have some trouble with incoherency when I'm around him. And I'm like, Edward has no clue that Bella the whole time is like, uh, what? And meanwhile, meanwhile, Bella has no idea that the whole time they're together, Edward's like, oh my God, should I say something? Was that weird? Was that creepy? Should I, should I not have said that? What? <laughs> I feel like honestly, it's just like a perfect representation for how dating from ages like 16 to, I mean, I'm still experiencing that now. Um, I, I think it's very accurate, honestly, because it's like you do never know what's going on in the person's head. And like they can look super cool, but they might be screaming inside. You know, it makes me think this is very random, but it just makes me think I so many years ago, I had a huge crush on this guy and I shot my myself in my own foot. I was just like way too much too soon. It's fine. 
it's fine. But he like finally invited me over to his place. And it was like months and months, like almost a year of trying to like hang out or like get anywhere. And I was so excited and I wanted to look so hot. So I was like, ooh, I've heard that you're, if you put coconut oil in your hair, it makes it like really shiny and soft. But I wasn't sure how much you were supposed to put in your hair. So I literally sectioned my hair into parts and then I drenched each part in coconut oil and I let it sit and then I got in the shower and I started washing and as I was like shampooing I was like wait a minute doesn't oil not mix with water like I feel like how is the water gonna get the oil out because they don't they repel each other and when my hair dried it looked like it was still wet that's how oily my hair was it was fucked like there was nothing I could do and I was like I'm he's gonna see this hair he's gonna think that I am disgusting and I don't shower and that was literally all I was thinking about for like the first like two hours I was there and then I finally said something and he was like I literally didn't even know like I you pointing it out is the first time I noticed it so just like all the shit going on in my head all the shit I was worried about he wasn't even thinking about it just like shit like that is what everyone is always doing in their relationships you never know what the other person's thinking about if they're freaking out they probably are (sighs) anyways I'm dumb and yeah (laughs) okay two thoughts that's hilarious two thoughts number one I feel like I've mentioned this on the pod before but that's just true not even of relationships just of life in general like whenever you catch yourself and I have to remind myself of this all the time but whenever you catch yourself like thinking to yourself when you're out in public, oh my god, my hair looks so bad today, or like, oh my god, my ma- I did so bad on my makeup, or my outfit looks stupid. It's like, literally no one has noticed or cares. So yeah, just remember I, that. I have to think, one thing that helps me is just like, think of one person you saw at King Supers. Tell me, describe me a singular person that you saw. No, you can't, Paige. No one cares. No one is looking at you. Such a good point. Number two, if any of you young gals out there are wondering about coconut oil in your hair, you can do it, but just put a little, not very much. I know this now. I'm so dead that you were like, you know what that reminds me of that one video? Not that you would do this, but it just reminds me of that one video of that girl straightening her hair and it literally just falls out. Yep. Yep. God. Okay. So, um, Bella changes the subject by bringing up Mike, as we know, and Edward is impatiently getting through the rest of his classes until lunch, one of which is Jim, which he talks about how much they hated, especially Emmett, because they have to, like, act really unathletic or just normally athletic, as opposed to, like, how athletic they actually are, and... Um, Alice tells Edward that it's going to be sunny that weekend. So as we know, he ends up changing his plans with Bella later on. So then he goes to meet Jessica and Bella outside their class and walks Bella to lunch. And they don't say anything in line except for Bella's like, are you getting all that food for me? And he's like, half of it's for me. So then of course, Bella's like, what happens if you eat? And then it makes me so sad that he can't, like, he calls pizza disgusting. I'm like, no wonder this guy's so depressed. He can't even enjoy pizza. Yeah, I, pizza's one of life's greatest treasures. Yeah, it is. And I'm gonna try and find it, but um, you were right way, way, way back when, when you said that, like, you thought maybe when they ate food, they just had to hork it back up. There's this hilarious, God, I wish I could find it. It's, like, probably way down in our Tumblr feed, but someone posted a picture of a white cat just, like, horking up a hairball, and it was, like, Edward behind the biology building after he has to hork up that piece of pizza or whatever it is. (laughs) So funny. This this might be dumb, but does he eat pizza in Twilight? I could have sworn it, he took a bite out of, out of an apple. No, you're just mixing the, the cover of the book with reality. He eats pizza in Twilight as well. You're, you're right. <laughs> and in the movie, he's like holding an apple. So you could be thinking of that too. Maybe. So, you know, even just this little clip I guess I could say of their conversation where Bella's like what would happen if you ate human food or just food it tips Rosalie off 
and she is fucking pissed. So in a way, you were a little bit right with your prediction page because you had predicted some Colin family drama. Um, so there is a little bit here. He doesn't actually end up talking to them at all. But we can tell by Rosalie's thoughts that she is really fucking mad. And Alice tells him, you know, mentally that she just ended up telling Rosalie that Bella knew because she had already pretty much guessed that anyways. So, and he also says Jasper was not much happier. So what do you think these two especially are going to do about the situation? Because they were the two, Jasper and Rosalie, who were like, we should kill Bella, like after the whole car thing. I don't know. I mean, I can see Jasper wanting to do something, but knowing Alice's feelings and stopping himself. But Rosalie has nothing to lose. So, like, I could totally see Rosalie planning some sort of devious plan. I mean, maybe to try and kill Bella. I, I could see it, maybe. I mean, she she is enjoying her life as it is, and Bella's jeopardizing that. So I could see her doing something perhaps a little more sinister. But... In in my mind, I can't see Jasper doing anything because it would. I feel like it would hurt Alice too much, and obviously his feelings lie with her. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good prediction. Um, Edward kind of mentions in passing that he needs to hide his Aston Martin, which is a very fancy car. In case you didn't pick up on that, um, he says he needs to hide it out of state because she's planning on like mangling it and fucking it up. I mean, I feel like that's one of the most innocent things she could do. I mean, it's not really hurting anyone, and it's just a material object. So it would get the point across and not put anyone's life in danger. Yeah, and they have money to buy a new one, even though they could redistribute their wealth, but whatever. Very Carrie Underwood of her. I was going to say that. We were thinking the same thing. So even though Edward can hear all this going on in the other's heads, he is just like, I'm just going to focus on Bella because we don't have that much time. Like, I'm just going to enjoy this time with her. And as we know, like, we know what happens in this conversation already because we've witnessed it already. But Edward starts off kind of slow with asking about the waitress. And Bella is being funny. She's like, poor girl, you didn't even, like, notice her. And then Edward gets into the whole, you know, do you really think that you care more about me than I care about you? And then um, they kind of get interrupted in the middle of that conversation when Bella says, aside from the obvious, and Edward's like, what's the obvious? And Bella tries to say like, oh, I'm ordinary, you know, like, and you're like a supermodel. (laughs) She doesn't say that, but that's basically what she is implying. And he's like um what it it didn't really make me feel better because the line about how like every human male in the school wanted you or whatever still makes me exceedingly uncomfortable but at least like we can kind of see his motivations for being like he says would she believe me if I told her she was beautiful inside and out perhaps she would find corroboration more persuasive and then tries to be like well all these other people were thinking it too but it's still uncomfy yeah yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like the motive was there, but the outcome is still lame. Yeah, it is. I also think that this chapter really humanizes him. Like one moment in particular is the bottom of two page, or sorry, page 238, where um, Edward says, what do you mean the obvious? And Bella says, well, look at me. And he says, I was looking. All I ever did was look at her. I don't know. Just that line was like very just like teenage boy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like there are a lot of times where I that women and girls might feel insecure and their significant other is like, you have literally nothing to worry about. Like, I can't keep my eyes off of you. You're so, like, gorgeous. I love everything about you. I love that. Yes, it's very wholesome. So then Bella kind of tries to argue with, well, I'm not the one who's like saying goodbye when you're, when I'm talking to you all the time. And Edward argues like, well, that proves that I care more because like, that means I'm, you know, able to do the right thing. Like I'm unselfish enough to do the right thing. And Bella's like, well, I would do the same thing. And Edward gets really sad and he's like, you'd never, you wouldn't have to. And then Bella feels bad and kind of tries to like comfort him. 
And then Edward invites her to what we know is the meadow to see him in the sunlight. And he's very nervous about this, but he had promised her kind of like offhandedly promised her that he would show her sometime what he looked like in the sun. And he's like, well, I guess I got to keep that promise. That's nice of him. Like actually taking the small thing seriously. I have always really liked that when even, even in friendships where someone brings something up that I kind of thought was not a super important thing I said, or like brought brought up something from the past where I was like oh my gosh like I can't believe you remembered that that's really nice of you it's it it just it's like they were actually listening to me and actually care about the things that I care about so I did really like that yeah I fully agree I love that too um they talk briefly about the dance and Edward asks Bella if he had asked her would she have said no and she says no but I would have canceled later and he's like wait why and she's like I cannot walk straight. That's <laughs> basically what she says, which is so funny. Um, so then Bella agrees to go with him to see what he looks like in the sun, but she says that she wants to drive and that she doesn't intend to ch- tell Charlie that she's going to be with him. And he gets really mad and says, why wouldn't you tell him to give me some small incentive to bring you back? Like he wants, we've talked about this when we read Twilight, but it's like, he wants that accountability of like someone else outside of his family knowing who he's with. So that like, it's acts as a motivator for him to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bella is not down to clowns out with that. So I'm sure they'll fight about it again soon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then um, Bella asks if, Edward and Emmett were hunting when they went quote unquote hiking a couple of weekends or yeah, just last weekend ago. The fact that this whole book takes place in like a week, <laughs> not really, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I picture it all happening in like a three month span. Yeah, literally it is. I think. And Rosalie is real mad about this because she obviously can hear this whole conversation and Edward tells Bella that Emmett was hunting bears and Rosalie thinks, just tell her everything. It's not like we have rules. Rosalie's thoughts hissed at me. Yikes. I mean, she has a point. Yeah. I mean, if I were in Rosalie's shoes, I would be pissed. Like I can fully see Rosalie's side of this. Yeah, me too. And so then they have kind of this weird conversation about hunting and how Edward likes mountain lions better. It also made me laugh that um, just that this thought that Edward has about Emmett where, um, where is it? Oh, here it is. Sorry. Um, It's on page 244. And Edward says out loud to Bella, early spring is Emmett's favorite bear season. They're just coming out of hibernation, so they're more irritable. And then he thinks to himself, 70 years later, and he still hadn't gotten over losing that first match. (laughs) Very on brand. It is. It's so Emmett. Himbo for life. I saw the what if we kissed on the jouch meme. And it wasn't in context with Emmett, but it made me think of him. I will never not think of him now when I see that. Yep. Um, so then Bella asks if she'll get to see Edward Hunt sometime, which we don't need to rehash the same conversation that we had when we read Twilight, but it's like, girlfriend, get a grip. Why do you want to see that? She, and she doesn't like blood. God. So stupid. Um, so Edward gets naturally mad at that, and but doesn't have time to explain because he says they're going to be late to class. And so they get up from the table and the last little section of the chapter is later than she said, meaning they'll talk about it later. And I could see the determination in the set of her mouth. She would hold me to that. So did you have any notes we didn't cover? No, I actually, all of them came up very fluidly and I you went back to the thing on Angela. I was going to say it at the end, but then you can't went back to it. So it was fine. We're getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for next week, we are reading just chapter 12, which is called complications. What do you think is going to happen in this chapter? That one was, was that in twilight? Damn it. I forgot to check. I, I have my twilight right here. Okay. I think so. 
It is. Okay. I'm complications is the one in Twilight where he drives Bella home and um Jacob Black and his father are there. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, that's going to happen and it's going to be Edward driving home by himself and maybe getting more information about the Cullens and the Quileutes and all of their drama. Um, Maybe more of the Cullens family drama. I think, I think complications could be transposed onto him having some sort of fight with his family about the relationship. It could be a serious complication. (laughs) All right. I like it. Well, that's about it. Folks, short and sweet this week. Tina wants to be let out, so I'm going to give Paige a second. (laughs) I can just tell by the look on your face. (laughs) We had a great time at our Instagram Live last week, so thanks to all who participated in that. I'm sure we'll be doing something else um, exclusive to patrons and donors to move to higher ground sometime soon, so stay tuned. Um, If you're wanting to donate to the movement, it's mthg.org. And you know the rest of our spiel. I love the word spiel. Um, so we are on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. We are on Twitter at TaftPod, T-A-F-T Pod. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash Tuesdays Are for Twilight. You can email us at Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. And there is literally spider guts on Paige's Midnight Sun book. <laughs> That's so disgusting, bro. <laughs> At least I know it's dead. Like, I was worried I was going to open it and it wasn't going to be there. And it was just going to be somewhere loose in my room. True. I feel like it's so symbolic that there's literally a dead spider on your book. <laughs> it was Edward. He killed that spider for me. He did. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Um, You shouldn't give bread to birds. Like, you know, when you see... Uh, <laughs> You know, when you see people feeding bread to ducks, that's really bad for them. You should not give them bread. So do not give ducks bread. Don't do it. Give them grapes or lettuce. Grapes? (laughs) They love grapes. Google it. I had no idea. We'll see you next week for Chapter 12 of Midnight Sun. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.